everyone. This is Cassandra and welcome to another episode. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about the power of growing past narcissist relationships. Okay. And uh, simply put, the power of choosing to overcome narcissistic abuse. Okay. Please mind the description box below where you will find links to more details. Okay, so uh, I want to go ahead and thank everyone in advance for his or her time and also want to remind everyone you can find me on YouTube at the Luminous Star channel. Thank you so much. All right, so how the body remembers narcissist relationships. Well, there's a few things to take into consideration. Uh, There's intergenerational trauma and experiencing adverse childhood experiences. Uh, Simply what is known as ACE, A-C-E, Adverse Childhood Experiences. Okay, so another thing to think about is anxiety and social anxiety, psychic attacks, flashbacks, dreams, and nightmares, post-traumatic stress syndrome, and complex PTSD symptoms. Telekinesis influences experiencing a parallel reality. Okay, I'll get back to what telekinesis is. Curse language via smear campaigning, character assassination, and gaslighting. So these things right here are what remind us that the body records everything. Okay, so the body remembers. So what is ACE? Adverse Childhood Experiences. Okay, so I have a few things I'm going to be sharing with you guys further on in the episode about that. But first, let me get to telekinesis. Telekinesis is when the narcissist attempts to try to alter your sense of time and reality. You know, some of us have seen movies and television programs, whereas we're looking at a a superhero, right? And the superhero may have the ability to move objects with their mind. Okay, so telekinesis is like that. When the narcissist attempts to move someone or influence someone without necessarily using physical force. So the narcissist may pull a certain shenanigan, such as gaslighting, in order to influence a person to question their reality, question not only their reality, but their sanity. A person may have an identity crisis. Therefore, they may question who they are in the narcissist relationship. So when the narcissist tries to pull a telekinesis, simply they are trying to alter that person's sense of time and reality. So when a person is being gaslit, we can start to look at how that may unfold. Because a person, they may start to question, again, their reality. They may question who they are. They may question or have doubts about their ability to overcome narcissist relationships. So telekinesis is like that. It it influences experiencing a parallel reality because the narcissist attempts to influence someone to not only question their reality and their sanity, but themselves. But the narcissist does that by, again, pulling a telekinesis, which is their attempt to alter a person's sense of time and reality. Now, the time aspect of telekinesis is when the narcissist pulls shenanigans and they may play on the person's mind, okay, playing with the mind. The person may question when the narcissist did something. The the person may even question uh, not only how the narcissist did it or why the narcissist did it, 
but may even start to doubt when it happened. Certain events, okay, may become blurred. Some people have actually experienced this. And this is also due, <clears throat> pardon me, this is also due to them perhaps having PTSD symptoms or complex PTSD symptoms, which also has people sometimes forgetting. You know, some people may say, okay, this is due to dementia or certain other medical uh, or health issues. Sure, but when a narcissist pull a telekinesis, sometimes if a person is showing signs of trauma, they may become very forgetful about events, about details, about things that the narcissist has done in order to obtain source supply. Okay, so uh, try to keep that in mind because narcissists, they often will try to pull a telekinesis, which again will leave a person questioning not only their very sanity, but just their reality. Okay, that's a very dangerous place to be in. You know, the narcissists, they like to often play with people's minds. If you ask a narcissist which uh, place they prefer to be, and that is a person's heart or mind, they're going to say their mind. Because if a narcissist is in the mind or if they are in the center of a person's mind, more than likely the narcissist will be able to obtain source supply, unfortunately. Okay, so um, intergenerational trauma and experiencing adverse childhood experiences. Now, on the Luminous Star channel, I have mentioned several times in several of my, it, my videos about how narcissists will often pull shenanigans. They will often obtain source supply, which will leave people more than likely revisiting their childhood wounds, okay, or unresolved issues from their childhood. Why is this? Because narcissists tend to have a knack and I don't mean this in a good way. They tend to have a sixth sense or a knack for having people uh, focus on or revisiting something that's very traumatic and painful, such as adverse childhood experiences. Okay, so intergenerational trauma. What is intergenerational trauma? Okay, uh, I don't want to jump ahead, but let me go ahead and get to the adverse childhood experiences first. Okay, so adverse childhood experiences. Again, the uh, the uh, acronym is ACE, A-C-E. Please look this up. I want to encourage you guys to look this up because it really gets deep into why certain people may have certain um, health issues long after the age of 18, okay? Or after they are adults for, you know, they could be 40s, 50s, 60s, and on up. Okay, so adverse childhood experiences. Okay, the lifelong consequences of trauma. Now, I'm going to go ahead and share with you guys an article that I read earlier today. Uh, so you will find that link in the description box below. Many people can identify a person in their lives who struggles with a chronic illness like heart disease, diabetes, or hypertension. Okay, so most people also know someone who struggles with mental illness, substance abuse, or relationships in general. Okay, so traditionally, the healthcare system would point to high-risk behaviors such as poor diet, drug use, or a, a sedentary um, lifestyle as the predatory, pardon me, as the primary casual factors. Okay, simply put, let me go ahead and just break that down, okay? Um, really what's going on here is adverse childhood experiences are being found to be linked to health issues such as heart disease, okay, uh, such as other healthcare issues, um, even hypertension, 
Um, let's see, diabetes as well, mental illness, substance abuse. Okay, so they're starting to find, due to studies here, okay, they're starting to find that there's a correlation. So who's doing the studying? The Center for Disease Control and Prevention, or simply what we know as CDC. Okay, they're they're conducting these studies here and they're finding, this is just one of the centers or one of the medical fields, you know, that are studying this that adverse childhood experiences are linked to other health issues. Okay, so I just wanted to share that with you guys because some people are not aware that some health issues that they're having right now are linked to adverse childhood experiences. Now, the reason why I added adverse childhood experiences to this overall uh, episode is because a lot of people who have experienced narcissism okay, or narcissistic abuse, it's starting in their childhoods, okay, it started when they were a child, somebody in their family may have had a cluster B personality type, such as being a borderline personality, a narcissistic personality, a antisocial personality, or a histrionic personality, okay, so um, some people, again, this started when they were children, so they were exposed to what? Adversity, they were exposed to high adversity. I consider narcissistic abuse during a person's childhood to be high adversity. So adverse childhood experiences. All right. So how the body remembers, right? Well, let's, let's go ahead and let me wrap it up this way. There are physical, spiritual, and psychological discomforts of narcissist relationship. This is how, again, this is a reminder that the body does remember. Because how does it show up? It can show up spiritually. The aftermath of narcissistic abuse can show up psychologically as well as physically. Because I just went over with you guys the health care, you know, not the health care, the health issues that a person can actually experience due to narcissistic abuse. It may be diabetes, maybe heart disease, you know, and uh, it may be chronic pain in the body. This is usually associated with what? PTSD or post-traumatic stress syndrome. So again, spiritually, physically, and psychologically, narcissistic relationships or narcissistic abuse is very uncomfortable. Okay, absolutely. And again, the body records, it remembers Now I want to get into neuro-linguistic programming. See, neuro-linguistic programming can be used for good. Unfortunately, narcissists tend to use it for bad or to obtain sources of supply. They use neuro-linguistic programming to groom others into behaving, thinking, or feeling in a particular way that will ensure that the narcissist will get source supply. So, whereas the narcissist will groom a person via neuro-linguistic programming, the way a person can fight against that or to help themselves recover from that, right, is to practice self-regulatory processes or self-regulatory process. Simply put, a person can soothe themselves or calm themselves down should they become triggered by something the narcissist says and or does. 
So narcissists sometimes, and usually this is, I'm going to say this is usually unconscious, that they will choose to groom people via neuro-linguistic programming. Okay, so let me get, let me touch on what neuro-linguistic programming is. All right, so neuro-linguistic programming, the study of unconscious and conscious thinking, behavior, and language patterns. NLP, or neuro-linguistic programming, can help to build strategies for relationships. It can also help to learn how to, uh, how to learn, okay? It simply can help the person learn how to learn. And it can help them to have effective decision-making, okay, with an objective towards higher potential, okay? So these are the good things that NLP can do for a person, Okay, some people have their doubts that NLP or neuro-linguistic programming can actually work. They have, you know, some people have doubts that it can help a person to be their better selves, right? Or or to be a better version of themselves or become a better version of themselves. But neuro-linguistic programming, unfortunately, narcissists uses it for bad or they use it for their own perverse um, gain. All right, so it's another way of saying that narcissists play with the mind. Because when you look at neuro-linguistic programming, what are the areas that it covers? It covers your behavior, your thinking process, and your words. Okay? All right. So narcissists, unfortunately, sometimes they use uh, phrases. They may use a tone of voice. They may use certain words to perhaps provoke fear in their uh, targets or those that they are obtaining source supply from. They may use intimidation tactics. Neuro-linguistic programming, again, it's just another way of uh, saying that the way a person um, is their overall, the way that they are, their essence, their behavior, their thinking pattern, patterns, the words that they use, you know, the words that they usually associate with or they are familiar with that may invoke certain thoughts, feelings, so on and so forth. So neuro-linguistic programming, again, can be very positive, but narcissists tend to use it for other reasons that are not so good or positive, okay? So um, the neuro-linguistic programming, again, it has to do with neuro, okay, linguistic and programming. So again, it's about the, um, the, uh, the, the language. It's about the thinking, in the behavior. And when you look at those three things, narcissists tend to use tactics to unfortunately uh, influence those areas in another person, but not for the person's good, but for the narcissist's good. So narcissist relationships are often emotionally challenging, okay? But fear and forgiveness are two dynamics that seem to be at the forefront of those challenges, which could take a long time to overcome. All right. So unfortunately, when narcissists, they get done with pulling shenanigans and uh, perhaps even use using narcissistic rage tactics to get what they want. Very often people are left feeling devastated. They may feel that they can never overcome narcissist relationships, but the power of growing past narcissist relationships is very real. Okay, some people there, you know, they they notice that it may take a little while longer for them to overcome certain things. But may I suggest don't give up on yourself. But the two dynamics that people often deal with and 
okay, a lot of us have dealt with is fear and forgiveness. But when it comes to narcissist relationships, I think that goes double. And again, speaking from experience, fear and forgiveness. Narcissists, they love to use fear or intimidation tactics. But if this starts in a child's a person's childhood, and then as an adult, they become so familiar with this type of fear. Unfortunately, it spills over to his or her relationships, professionally as well as personally. And then they may, and it's a whole larger list of things to forgive. It may be very difficult to do so. Some people are so angry about what they've gone through, rightfully so, that they may ask the question, well, why should I forgive? But see, I want to touch on that. There are several things to consider if one is to contemplate forgiving, not only a narcissist, but anyone. But since we're talking about narcissist relationships, may I say or suggest as a person who's gone through this herself, that there are several steps to consider if you contemplate forgiving a narcissist. First thing, or I'm going to share some of them. The number one thing to consider is where you are right now. What can you afford? What can you handle? What can you do right now? Do not allow anyone to force you into forgiving a narcissist when you're simply not ready. That is the best advice I can give about that. Okay? Do not allow anyone to force you into forgiving when you are simply not ready. Forgiveness is a very personal and intimate thing. Okay, so uh, try not to allow anyone to pressure you into forgiving before you're ready. Okay, so narcissistic uh, personality. I want to touch on that too. I'm going to get to the tools in a minute. But the reason why I'm bringing up narcissistic personality disorder, because of course, we're talking about being in a relationship with a narcissist. Okay, so this is one of the other reasons why it may be very hard to or very challenging for people to grow past the narcissist relationship. Well, first of all, you're dealing with a person who has a personality disorder, which is fixed. In other words, is not flexible. People who tend to have cluster B personality types tend to not change the narcissistic personality in particular. Okay, because there are the other clusters that make up the cluster B personality. This is why I often say in my videos on the Luminous Star channel that sometimes a person may discover that they're not dealing with a full-blown narcissist just because this person had or that person has a cluster B personality type. Every personality type, pardon me, every cluster B personality type is not a narcissist, but every narcissist that you know of does have a cluster B personality type. Okay, so sometimes, you know, some people have misconstrued that, which I mean, I can understand that, especially when you're talking about dealing with fear and forgiveness. Okay, because people are hurt. People have gone through things. They have been treated unfairly. So, of course, someone's going to feel some kind of way about it. Of course. But narcissistic personality in particular does not like change. Again, cluster B personality types are personalities that are fixed. They are not flexible. They tend to not change. Now, there are some people who have cluster personality types who have seen or who do have the right, they see the writing on the wall. In other words, they have changed to a certain degree. 
Okay, so that's, I mean, that's fantastic. Not saying that they had to change for anyone else, but they cared about their relationships. Okay, at the end of the day, they cared about their relationships. And they knew that the way they related to their loved ones was problematic. So there are some cluster personality types who have seen the writing on the wall and who do see the writing on the wall. But those are not the people I'm talking about. The narcissistic personality in particular. Okay, let's let's talk about that. Now, treatment management. No standard pharmacological, right? Or physiological treatment. Let me start again. Okay, I'm I'm reading right now I'm on this part of the episode. I'm reading from an article that I saw earlier today. Actually, the link is in the description box below. It's from the NCBI. Okay, so you guys, you know, if you want to, just go ahead and read that later. But I'm going to just go over something very quickly here. Simply put, as far as like treatment and management for narcissistic personality, it's lacking. <laughs> okay, that's the best way I can put it. It is lacking. Okay, so once a diagnosis is established, it is essential to discuss the diagnosis, okay, because of several challenges that will mostly be present in the future. It is equally important to treat ongoing symptoms of co-occurring affective disorders. Okay, now I just read that part of the article for you because I want everybody to understand who's listening that this is one of the reasons why it is very difficult for some individuals who have narcissistic personality types, who have also those who are involved with him or her to grow past certain challenges. Okay, so I'm not I'm not trying to say that the narcissist is having a hard time, but I will say those who have been involved with him or her, yes, have definitely had a very challenging time growing past the narcissist relationship. Okay, some of us are, you know, it's very hard to imagine the narcissist having a hard time, right? Because it seems like they have all of these sources of supply and they're living it up and they have such an easy time of it. Because most of the time they're trying to throw off shame. They're trying to project things onto others that they don't like, right? The narcissist doesn't want to deal with certain things. Sometimes they don't want to deal with reality. So they lie to themselves and they lie to everyone else that will listen or believe their lies, unfortunately. Okay. So, uh, when it comes down to treatment and managing narcissistic personality types, it is very difficult. And it's something to keep in mind that the treatment is lacking right now. It really is. But this does not mean that other people who have been involved with him or her cannot continue to grow past narcissist relationship. It does not mean that at all. But I'm going to be realistic when I say, and speaking from experience, yeah, it can be very challenging because then you remember things. Just like I said at the top of the episode, the body remembers. So there are a few things that we can do to go ahead and help ourselves. Okay. And tool number, there's going to be a few tools I'm going to be sharing with you guys, but please mind that description box below for further resources. Okay, which I think those if that information there is going to be very helpful. All right, so let me go ahead and go over the tools very quickly. All right, so uh, tool number one, consider breathing exercises. Tool number two, relaxation exercises. So the first two tools have a lot to do with 
mindfulness exercises. Okay, I talk about that a lot on the Luminous Star Channel. Tool number three, daily healthy meal vlog. I challenge you guys and gals to start keeping a daily healthy meal vlog. Now on the Luminous Star Channel, I'm sharing some healthy meal ideas, healthy meal prep ideas, okay? So uh, this is something that I do myself because I have found that I feel better when I have, you know, when I started eating better, when I have a healthier lifestyle, just things got a little bit better for me, okay? So next tool, acceptance. Accept that you are outgrowing the narcissist relationship. You're going to start to see signs that you're outgrowing it. How so? Because now certain things that the narcissist used to do and you thought was cute, it's not cute anymore. Okay, it's, it's, it's pretty much getting on your nerves, right? <laughs> so acceptance, accept that you are outgrowing the narcissist relationship. Next tool, support base, have a support base. Next tool, become familiar with the word no. Stop being afraid of saying the word no. You're going to have to become familiar with it, especially if you want to start feeling better and gain some more confidence. Okay, next tool, look at comedy movies read comedy books, etc. Laugh more, smile more. I know narcissist relationships doesn't leave us much to smile about, but start being better to yourself. Don't wait on the narcissist. Don't wait on them to change their mind or their hearts. You're the one that's changing, remember? And the narcissist may not ever change. Next tool, consider body work. Next tool, shadow work. Next tool, create projects of your own. In the last two, spend time away from stressors and journal, record, and write. Okay? Our bodies remember. Our bodies are recording. So take a little bit more time out and journal. Write angry letters. Write a love letter to yourself. Why not? Write about your experiences. Start a book. Okay, record, take a tape recorder out and speak on it. All of this is for you anyway. This helps you to stay focused on thriving forward past narcissist relationships. And remember, your life has purpose. Okay, regardless of what the narcissist is saying, the narcissist, they're pulling shenanigans. They're doing all types of things, perhaps to keep you off your focus. Okay, they're trying to keep you off your square, off your focus, off balance, what have you. At the end of the day, the narcissist will do what he or she must do in order to continue to obtain source supply. They are, after all, loyal to their false self-images, from that of a martyr to a saint to a victim who can't seem to catch a break. Now, narcissists are not, this is what's also interesting, they don't really think about the aftermath of pulling shenanigans. They don't seem to think about the consequences of having source supply or obtaining source supply. They often are busy salivating over what they think they're going to get from it. And what really seems to get them going is the thought of getting away with it all. Okay, so having said all that, I want to encourage you guys to continue to thrive forward. Focus on that. Okay, remember, your life has purpose. And until next time. Take care of yourself and each other.